Hello, everybody. It was all a dream for UConn as they cut down the nets last season, and your broskies and basketball are staying out on the Beast Coast to preview UConn and the rest of the Big East. Recording live from somewhere, this is One and Done. Get out the insurance cards, get out the co-pays. The office is open, my friends. Brought to you by DrRoto.com. It's time once again for everybody to come aboard that Green Screens Media Train. Welcome to the one and done Big East Preview powered by DrRoto.com. I am your humble host. My name is Jay Heinrich, the conductor of the aforementioned GSM train. Find me on Twitter, X, whatever you want to call it, Elon's Hellhole, at Dr. William Cannon. Let's jump right to... El Capitan himself, he's the captain of the Green Streams Media ship. Follow him on X at MC Holland 34 the OG Money Mike. That is Mr. Mike Holland. What it do, baby? What it do? Less than three weeks, boys. Less than three weeks till we get busy with it. After a long offseason, uh, it's going to be nice to get some hoops. And, you know, we got secret scrimmages going on. Uh, but I just released a top 25 on drrodo.com, my <laughs> top 25. So got a few hot takes in there. Check that out. It's free. Why not? And then also sent out my final top 300 transfer board. I thought my final one was a few weeks ago, but then the whole Jose Perez deal. Final, final. It's it's just it's just the final, final of finals. Not the Fairfield stuff, but I don't have anybody on Fairfield uh, in, <laughs> in the commitment list. I think we're good to go. But uh, yeah, man, I'm excited. Let's uh, let's get it popping. Last in the intros, but of course, first in our hearts, he is the Baron of Bread of Green Screens Media that you can find in those Twitter streets at Fantasy Nav. He is Eric the Blue. That's Eric Romoff. What's happening? Man, I will keep it brief. Like Mike mentioned, we are at 20 days. We're barely at 20 days left until this season tips off. So. We are counting down our top 20 returning players. Drop number 14 earlier today. Go check out all of those. Those are all in a playlist on our YouTube channel. And while we are winding down our conference preview season, again, we are talking about the Big East tonight. We're going to be kicking off a betting preview show. We're going to get our DFS shows coming up and down. So, look, while while these uh, while these previews are starting to wind down, the content never sleeps here. And good thing it doesn't. Because Kalen is back. Yeah! Kalen put it right in my veins. Kalen's been here rocking with us for these last few shows. And this is the day it pays off because Kalen is a member of the Nova faithful. Let's go, uh, Ready to talk some Villanova. Got to be nice. <laughs> yeah. You are here on the right night, Kalen. Of course, you have been here for a while. Like Eric said, we appreciate that. Jumping into the comments. You too should jump in the comments and hit those like and subscribe buttons here on the YouTube channel. Follow everybody on X. Follow at Get Green Screens on Twitter and YouTube for the Green Screens media page. Follow at One and Done CBB on X for the show page. Follow at Get Green Screens on TikTok too. The top twenty is rolling over there as well with our guy at the Real Napier Chris doing some on camera stuff for us now. Hopping into that. Pardon me, getting choked up talking about our guy Chris. Man, he's just doing such a good job. Oh my god. Uh, but uh, make sure you follow at the real Napier as well. All right, let's get to it. I teased it in the intro, boys. The Ch- El Champion, El Campion, 
came hey, from the Big East, of course, last season. But let's talk about the regular season first. Marquette, seventeen and three. I would I would classify that as maybe shocking the league a little bit there to capture the regular season title. And then again, the double double the shaka shaka. Marquette pulling off the double-double beating Xavier 65-51 to in the conference tournament game. My goodness, of course, this would be the year that Marquette would go all the way. <laughs> Anyways, five bids from this league. The two-seed Marquette, like we were talking about earlier. Three-seed Xavier, the four-seeded, drastically underseeded UConn, it turned out. Six-seed Creighton and 11-seed Providence. Of course, the Huskies won the national title. And Creighton, you could argue, was a foul call away from the Final Four. Ken Palm Conference ranking had the Big East third, eight of their 11 teams in the top 100. Of course, this is a very, very powerful conference. And we will start with the powerful headlines, as always, with our guy, Eric the Blue. What you got, Eric? Man, there is so much going on around this league. I, I think we've got... We, we broke it down into four headlines. I've got two of them here. But realistically, I mean, we could talk about this league for, for days. I'll, I'll start with maybe the splashiest headline, uh, a guy named Rick Patino. I don't know if you've heard of him before. He is now head coach of the St. John's Red Storm. He is in the Big East. Look, they St. John's moved on from Mike Anderson. It's kind of a tumultuous ride for him in his tenure with, with the Red Storm. Patino comes in and absolutely reloads this roster right top to bottom so the the question is you know st john's was you know kind of riding the struggle bus there for a while with patino coming in bringing some some stability with him bringing in an entirely new look to this roster how quickly can the red storm bring it all together and really really see that performance tick up on the court and then kind of zooming out a little bit further you know there's a legitimate question as to whether or not there's a talent gap in in this conference right last year felt a little bit more balanced right you know any team could you know really show up on a given night and and give someone else a run for their money you know this year it it feels like this 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 league is super top heavy right there's at least there are some there are several you know final four national title caliber teams within this league and it's not quite as as readily spread out right so that's how we look, you know, a little less than three weeks heading into the season. Obviously, when uh, when the ball gets tossed up in the air, you know, anything can, you know, can can go and, and can change that. But, you know, where we sit today, it, it looks like there are some monster squads in this league. And we're definitely going to get a little bit more into St. John's roster coming up soon. But, Mike, I wanted to come to you first before we moved into talking about these rosters. Um, what's on your mind for the Big East? What's on my mind is Eric is uh, bearing the lead here. UConn, Encore, what are they going to do? Do you want to Encore? (laughs) (laughs) Of course, that is big news, but it's always big news. You want to know what the champs are going to do, right? You lost Sonogo, Jackson, Hawkins to the draft. Uh, Naeem Aline went to the portal. Calcaterra, one of our favorites, graduated. How does this program handle success going forward is a big question mark. So looking to see, uh, you know, what some of these newer guys are going to do and, and and some guys are going to get some major opportunity we'll talk about later. And the other thing for me is there's some changes. Uh, you know, we got a couple of big-time coaches headed out, a couple of big-time coaches headed in. Kim English is now at Providence. We interviewed him. Go back and check out our playlist to check out that interview. And Cooley is now at Georgetown, formerly of Providence. Can't wait for 
him to travel back to Providence. That's going to be an insane game. Uh, and then I look at the year two guys as even maybe more intriguing. You know, Sean Miller at Xavier, Thad Mata at Butler, Shane Holloway at Seton Hall. Uh, these are teams that got a lot going on that we're going to talk about. And, uh, yeah, I'm excited. Like, this is one of my favorite conferences every year. Uh, and uh, I think we're in for a, a real a real ride for the, at the top for sure. Absolutely. No doubt about it. Those are the headlines. We are going to touch on so much more, though. Make sure you like and subscribe. Throw us a line in that live chat or in the comment section if you're watching later on. We see you hanging out there in the lobby. We appreciate you. It's, what's up? Say what's up, boys. Hey, Kalen hopped in there earlier. We let Kalen let us know he needs it. Right in the veins. Let us know if you need it as bad as Kalen does. All right. We like to do this on uh, some of these bigger uh, conferences, uh, the conference we consider the big six or whatever. The key returning players, uh, it's a very important uh, part of the makeup of any conference. And tonight we're going to feature the Big East in a way we're going to do three big threes and a couple dynamic duos. So we can do a little three and two action here. Three big threes and two dynamic duos starting first. Let's start with Creighton. How about that? Baylor Shireman, Ryan Kalkbrenner, Trey Alexander, all players that we discussed so much all last season, anytime Creighton was on a DFS slate. Baylor Shireman, of course, 6'7", 205-pound wingman, 13 points, 8.3 boards, 3.3 dimes, and a respectable 36% from beyond the arc while chipping in a steel pair. And Ryan Kaufbrenner, he's seven feet one, and you can't teach that. 16.6 boards and over two blocks per game for the big man. And, of course, the guard, Trey Alexander, 6'4", 190 pounds, 16 and a half, sorry, 13 and a half points, 4.2 rebounds, 41% from deep, loving every bit of that, and also very active on defense with 1.1 steals. What could have been, Mike, one of the best starting fives in the country is now – one of the best big threes in the country. Yeah, I would have had a very hard time not picking Creighton number one or number two, or really just top three if all five starters were back. But that's how it goes in today's college game. Uh, you know, we're talking Ryan Nimhart heading to Gonzaga. Arthur Kaluma is now with Kansas State. And, but what you look at when you get these guys returning right, you've got experience and you got some of the top players at their respective positions. I mean, Shireman, we've been gushing over for the past couple of years, came over from South Dakota State. He played very well in his uh, first year with, you know, in a big time conference. So he's one of the more versatile offensive weapons in the country. Uh, his ability to shoot, rebound, pass, uh, man, like he is just a total package. Alexander, he's about as underrated as it gets on the national scene. Uh, he's a really good scorer, excellent outside shooter. And then Kalkbrenner, I mean, he's been the key uh, to their defense, obviously, and he's a two time Big East Defensive Player of the Year. He's up to scoring. I actually led this team in scoring last year, which was kind of crazy and a, a reason for their ceiling. Um, and, you know, we're going to talk about some additions uh, that could be the difference here with them losing Nimhard and Kaluma and, and, and these guys that are potentially coming in to, uh, you know, have a, a positive effect and keep that ceiling alive. Yeah, I think, I think we, I think Carl did play at his uh, ceiling last year. And it'll be interesting to see if he can repeat that performance for sure. Let's move on now to Marquette. The Fighting Shock of Smarts, Tyler Kolek, Cam Jones, and Oso Iguodaro, of course, the returning stars for Marquette. Kolek is a 6'395 pound guard, averaging 13 points, four boards, seven and a half dimes. You love to see that while shooting 40% from three and 1.8 steals. You know, 
like our guy Eric likes to say, he can chip and he can dip. And so can Cam Jones, 15 points on 36% from three. The 6'5", 200-pound guard also averaged 1.4 steals. And also Iguodaro, 6'11", 235, averaged 11.4 points, six boards, and one and a half blocks per. Another fantastic big three in this conference, Eric. All these guys took a massive step forward. But it'll be interesting to see now what they do as the hunted and, and not the hunter. Yeah, it's it it it's kind of you know it kind of goes under under recognized with with UConn cutting down the nets. This was this was an awesome Marquette team last year. You know n- nobody expected these guys to to accomplish what they did uh, over the course of last season. Certainly not any of our uh, University of Texas faithful here on the on the one and done show. I'm usually the one banging the drum for for Marquette, and we'll we'll keep that theme alive. You know it it really starts with with Kolick, right? He he flashed a bit in in the previous year. You know there there was a lot that he was he was able to accomplish last year, and and you know really really took his game to an entirely new level, right? Just far more consistent in those peak performances than we saw in previous season. And you know now, I mean now we're talking about a guy that's got him, you know, got himself in the conversation as one of the better two way point guards in the entire country, right? So definitely excited to see what he does as he heads into another season for Marquette. For Jones specifically, like his his ability to score the basketball was just crucial for this team at times, right? Like he's he's certainly a guy that can stretch the floor, but given his size, like he he's got no problem putting his head down and really collapsing the defense as he heads towards the bucket. And then lastly, you know, Igodoro, he, he was really the X factor, right? He just he's he's gonna be critical in, in them controlling the pain on on both ends of the floor. He he does a lot of things for them, you know, really. The story for him was he he needs to stay out of foul trouble, but you know when he's out there, he's hyper efficient around the rim, right? So you know this this three, you know this this is the core that that helped them put up those accolades you talked about at the top of the the, the show tonight, Jay. And you know now now with them running it back, like there's there's a lot to like about what Marquette's trotting out this season. You, you can't help your team if you're not on the floor. So, I mean, if, if he could learn to cut the silly foul sometimes and be, maybe not silly, make smarter decisions. Sometimes you got to make a business decision, gentlemen. And hopefully, uh, for Marquette's sake, he will be able to uh, be a little bit better about those business decisions. Marquette, of course, their, uh, their star trio returning. Let's move on now to the Natty National Champions, those UConn Huskies. Bringing back Tristan Newton, Alex Caravan, and Donovan Klingen. Let's start with Newton, the 6'5", 190, excuse me, five-pound guard. Ten points, four and a half boards, and four and a half dimes on 36% from three. Caravan, the 6'8", 220-pound forward, 9.3 points, four and a half boards on 40% from three. And then Klingen, seven feet two, and you can't teach that seven points, five and a half boards, but all right, let's the stats don't jump off, right? 13 minutes per <laughs> last season, gents. I get it. Klingon and Caravan, they don't necessarily even Newton, I guess, for that matter, you know, they don't jump off the page as like the biggest names. But these are all guys that have obviously been there and done that and played huge roles. And uh Yukon is gonna be obviously a scary team this season again and these three are a big reason why mike 
Yeah, it's always nice when you get your you get your excellent playmaker back who can shoot the three. That's always nice. And you have your stretch four uh, that just continues to get better. And then uh, go ahead and toss in a, <laughs> my guy and everyone's guy, for that matter, Donovan Klingen, who dealing with uh, a little bit of an injury early in the uh, the, the preseason here, but uh, should be healthy for either the start or uh, you know, might miss a game or two. Uh, but he is going to be one of the best players in the game when he's fully healthy. I mean, stats don't jump off the page for him and Caravan, but now you're going to put them in, you know, option one and option three or four roles here, and you're going to see the minutes really spike up. So these guys are both going to be very dynamic. They complement each other well. Donovan's that banger down low. Caravan's the stretch four. And then uh, Newton's going to shoulder more of the primary uh, ball handling because, you know, Andre Jackson, you know, they like to play him kind of at that point forward position. Uh, well, Newton's going to have to handle the ball a lot more. So we're going to see how that affects his game. But uh, he was really, really good at East Carolina the year before. A smooth transition. We talked about the transfer portal. He was the missing link that they needed. Uh, and then, obviously, they have national championship experience. And a coach who knows how to put all the pieces together. He showed that last year in Dan Hurley. So, yeah, um, these guys are going to be just fine. They've got a lot of pieces that are added to uh, to this roster that are going to really help push their game forward. And uh, yeah, they're once again, going to be very, very dangerous. No doubt about it. That wraps up the trios. A couple of those dynamic duos to come up here. Let's start in Providence. Start our duos out in Providence. Look at the, the graphics team all over it tonight. Devin Carter and Bryce Hopkins. Carter's the six, 395 pound guard, 13 points, five boards and 1.8 steals last season. Bryce Hopkins, the 6'7", 220-pound forward, 16 points, 8.5 boards, and 36% from three. A bunch of these guys that we're talking about today, just, just anything above 35%, I'm good with from deep. And a lot of great shooters we've already talked about uh, here, uh, Eric. So uh, why don't you go ahead and dive into Providence a little bit there for us. Yeah, Mike. Mike mentioned it earlier in in the headline section. We've got we've got Kim English coming in as the new coach here for the Friars. He was kind enough to give us some of his time over the course of the off season. So check out that show if you uh, if you haven't already. But you know, both these guys like it's not often that you see teams retain their star players when a when a new head coach comes in. So huge win for for Coach English right out the door to you know to to retain these two guys both these guys were transfers in the previous year they came in under Ed Cooley and they really came in looking for the opportunity to you know to to unlock their their potential right so for Hopkins like we we obviously knew he was talented he was he was recruited by by Kentucky so he he had that um that you know that 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 blue chip pedigree that you're looking for and you know stepped into a feature role last year and and man, like he answered the call, right? Like incredibly versatile on the offensive side. That's really what sets him apart. He's going to be a huge weapon for Kim English heading into this season. And for Carter, like he he had some games where he just absolutely dominated, you know, all over the floor. He's he's a great defensive player. He's he's growing a bit on the offensive side, right? He was more consistent with regard to his defensive prowess. So if we see him take that that step forward on the offensive side, which you know I would assume that Coach English would, you know fire them up as as his you know one and one a options and and really really help them both in in the development of both their respective games like the the sky's the limit for for this duo i'm I'm super stoked to see what they can do for providence this year eric was talking about that that 
Kim English interview, uh, and if you go back, you'll you could uh, you could probably pick out the moment that he received the text message that tell that was saying one of his players was entering the transfer portal while he's talking to your three broskies in basketball. Here uh, was quite an interesting thing, but yeah, this is uh, it's going to be good. We'll see what uh, can what Coach English can pull out there. All right, moving on now, our second duo, Villanova. Of course, Justin Moore and Eric Dixon. Moore is the 6'5", 210-pound guard, average 13.5 points, 3.5 boards, and just over three assists per. And then the forward Eric Dixon, 6'8", 255 pounds, 15.4 points, 6.6 rebounds, and a slippy smooth 38% from the, the two holdovers from that Final Four run two years ago, Mike. This is kind of looking like, uh, would you call it a redemption year, you know, for Kyle Neptune now? An underwhelming first year, a couple of veterans that have met, that have been there and done it before. Um, what, are you, what are you thinking about these two? Yeah, I mean, for me, it's pretty simple. I mean, Moore is now a full year removed from that, uh, that Achilles injury uh, that took him out of the Final Four game. Uh, it was in that elite game against Houston, we all remember, right there towards the end. And now he's fully, fully healthy. He looked great last year. I think he only played like 13 games. He looked awesome. Uh, Dixon, he's coming off his best year in college. And look, man, like for Dixon, like he's been playing the five and he's a little undersized for that role. I think he'll be able to play some four, Uh, you know, not all the time, but I think this will give him, you know, kind of a break from having to be that small ball five. I mean, he's a great shooter. Uh, you know, with Moore, he's a leader. He's a talented playmaker. He's really the backbone of the team. Like, both of these guys are just tough. They can both shoot it from deep. Uh, and Villanova fans, I mean, they got to be excited. You got a ton of pieces that we're going to talk about later on to surround these guys. And these guys just have all that experience. Uh, and, uh, yeah, you, you couldn't ask for two better guys to really represent your program. And Kyle Neptune, man, like, he's got to get it, it popping with this roster. There's no excuses even in year two. Yeah, I agree. I mean, it's it's really it's there for the taking, you know. And, and I think he'll figure it out. All right, those are you know a few, a few trios, a couple of duos there that we knocked out. Looks like we got somebody in the comments section. What do we got? Kalen's ready. Kalen, Justin Moore at one hundred percent is an All American. We shall see. Now that we know where your allegiances lie, Kalen. You know, I, I I definitely agree that Moore is 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 awesome. And he's great help. But you know, as you know, now now we know you're a Nova guy, so we'll we'll see. But no, um, I, you know, those are the the trios and the duos that are returning that are important to this conference. I'd be remiss to not bring up Joel Soriano just because everybody else on the entire roster left, and he's he was the la- the last man standing, as you might say. Um, let's not forget that Soriano's returning to this conference, obviously the center from St. John's, who just happened to kick off our top 20 countdown of best returning players, by the way, on YouTube and on TikTok. So make sure you check that out. Of course, like I, I said, it's an entirely new supporting cast. Eric, I think you actually alluded to it earlier as well. Uh, Coach Patino uh, knows how to use a big man for sure. Soriano fits the bill there. Um, and yeah, and like I said, an entirely new supporting cast, which I guess can, we can let's just transition right into the next segment, which is our key transfers. We love to talk about the transfers. Like and subscribe if you haven't. 
leave us a comment about somebody returning if we didn't bring them up. But it's time to get to the transfers in and not the guys sticking around here. So I talked about Soriano. Let's stay uh, Let's stay with St. John's here and talk about the four-man box here before we get to three duos and a quad box across the league. Let's go four coming into St. John's. Dennis Jenkins, Jordan Dingle, Chris Ledlam, and Naheem Aline. Definitely in the running for the best name in the conference. I am O. Jenkins, 15.6 points, four and a half boards, and five dimes on 36% from deep for Iona last year. Dingle transferred in from Penn, the 6'3", 200-pound guard. 23.4 points. Ooh, yes. 3.6 boards and 36% from deep. Love this, the instant scoring there you're going to get from Dingle. Chris Ledlam in from Harvard, the 6'6", 225-pound forward. Almost 19 points, did get eight and a half boards. 1.8 steals, 1.1 blocks. Give me three stocks a game, baby, all day. I will take that. And then, of course, the rarity, the transfer from the national champions. Aline transferring to St. John's, the 6'4", 200-pound guard. 5.2 points. Did shoot 87% from the stripe. Looking for a bigger role, a bigger opportunity. And, Mike, these are just four of the 10 transfers, four that Coach Patino is bringing in uh, to, um, you know, upstart this conference. And, yeah, Romar mentioned him in our interview that we had with him. Coach Romar uh, talked about Naheem Aline specifically in terms of, like, uh, guys transferring out of national, cha- national, national, title national team. championship game. <laughs> That's right. I, I, our interview with Coach Romar, he sure did bring that up. And that uh, – but here we are. He's looking for a new opportunity, Mike. But again, these are just four of the ten transfers coming into St. John's with Coach Patino. Yeah, it was tough to just pick these four, right? Um, <laughs> but they're going to be critical pieces. RJ uh, Luis from UMass, he's dealing with a preseason injury. I think he's going to be very important. Sean Conway's transferring in from VMI. He's got guys that were also on our top 300 big board. Same with forward uh, Glenn Taylor from Oregon State, who I watched play a lot um, you know, late late nights in the Pac-12. He had a meaningful role for uh, you know Oregon State and has played in some big games. I I think the most important thing for Patino is that, you know bringing in uh, Dennis uh, Jenkins with him to help run his system, right? And I think he came out the other day and said that the only two guaranteed starters, which is kind of hard to believe, are going to be the point guard Dennis Jenkins and at the four Chris Ludlum. So. I don't know what's going on if he's trying to challenge Soriano, but I'm pretty sure Soriano is going to start at the five. <laughs> um, and so I don't know. I don't want to stir up any drama uh, with that. But, you know, when you move along with these guys, like Jordan Dingle, he's not going to be asked to score 20 points per game. Uh, but the fact that he, you know, can really get to his shot, uh, you know, late late shot clock moments, right, you can just give him the ball and let him create. That's going to be crucial. Uh, Ledlam was a commitment to Tennessee this offseason, and yeah, kind of a switch last moment. Uh, I'm not sure exactly what's going on there, but he's an undersized four man. He's really strong on the glass, um, can give you some defensive presence even at 6'6. Six, six. Uh, really nice offensive skill set, too. And then the lean, right? Like you get that national championship pedigree. He was a starter for Virginia Tech early in his career. I don't really know. I, it feels like he's, I don't know that he cracks the starting lineup, honestly. Um, He's probably going to be a six-man role, but, I mean, if he's a six-man and he gets, you know, 28 minutes, that's more than what he was getting on a national championship team. So 
Uh, yeah, I guess for me, um, you got to hit on some of these guys, man, because we don't know what they're going to look like on the, the biggest of stages, right? So that's going to be critical. Like all these guys are mid-major stars, really, except for, the you know, Glenn Taylor coming in from Oregon State. Uh, you know, RG Luis, even the A-10 was kind of down last year. So we'll see how they transition, uh, Jay. I think it's going to be critical uh, to get a couple of these guys to make that huge leap forward. How's he going to get his ring? Are they going to, like, mail it to him? I mean, are they going <laughs> to, like, are they going to, will they be as an on-court ceremony? How do you think they're going to, is it like, you know, when the baseball players go into the, they leave and, like, Christian Vasquez got his with the Astros. It's like, when well, next time he visited, who, who knows how they'll handle that. It's this, definitely this going the, uh, regular mail. <laughs> this is the world. This is the transfer portal world that we live in. Kalen's back in the comments, it looks like. As a Queens native, got mad native love of Queens, showing Hope some love really for St. John's. Yeah, they absolutely. Need it, it's fun when St. John's is good, man. So um, yeah, it's good for know. college basketball. Wouldn't exactly. you all agree? When St. John's is good, it's good for college basketball. Totally, absolutely. totally on board yep. with that, of course. Of course. All right, Kalen, we won't wait any longer. Let's talk a little bit of Nova for you here. See one of our duos. Let's shrink it down from the quad box. <laughs> Graphics, awesome, on point there. <laughs> A uh, couple of Nova transfers here, starting with Tyler Burton transferring in from those Richmond Spiders, the 6'7", 215-pound forward, averaged 19 points, 7.4 boards, and, of course, using those arms like a spider in the passing lanes with one and a half steals per. TJ Bamba transferring in from Washington State, 6'5", 215-pound guard, Almost 16 points last year out there. Um, very, very dynamic duo here. Two heavy hitters in one of the top transfer classes in the country, Eric. Both of these guys are proven scores. Yeah, they are. And and look, on on the whole, like Co Coach Neptune got busy in this portal, right? We're, we're spotlighting Burton and, and Bamba here. But they also brought in Lance Ware from Kentucky. They brought in Akeem Hart from Maryland, right? So... Heading into the season, Villanova is now not only one of the deepest teams in the country, but they're also one of the oldest teams in the country. Their entire starting lineup is projected, at least their projected starting lineup, is is going to be seniors this year. With Burton in particular, like he, he comes in as one of the best players in all of the A10, super well rounded. Like he's he's got he's got some meat on his frame, you know, a, a lot of strength there. His ability to shoot from from deep is exactly what you're looking for from your four man, right? You can really stretch the floor, the floor in that way. And on the other side, Bamba, like he's more of the pure scorer type. Like he can get to his spot. He can knock down an open look, you know, pretty much, you know, at, at a moment's notice. And so now these two, like they, they really bring some, you know, some punch in this, in this lineup, right? There's, there's more versatility and, and options on the court for coach Neptune, you know, this Villanova program, they, they kind of built some steam towards the end of, of last year. So, I'm looking for him to to build on that in this upcoming season, and and his work in the transfer portal has a lot of the lot to do with how that will play out. Mike, real quick before before moving on here, um, what are your what are your thoughts on where? Kind of wanted to just yeah. I, you know I, as much as I talk about the guard play, uh, where intrigues me here and, and how Very how much so. to use him. What are your thoughts? Yeah, man. We okay. Look, like I'm not saying he's Bryce Hopkins because they're completely different players, but Bryce Hopkins got out of Kentucky, went to Providence, and all of a sudden he's a star player, right? Bye. Like we see this all the time with Kentucky. Some of those guys that are in the ninth, 
10th, 11th guys on the bench, transfer, get 30 minutes a game, and all of a sudden they're all league-type players. That's just John Calipari for you. What I think is interesting, and Tyler Burton, uh, I think he's going to be amazing this year. Like You, you put out Burton, uh, you know, Bamba, Dixon, Justin Moore. Like This is crazy. Like We didn't even talk about Mark Armstrong yet. Uh, but Lance where his ability to play the five and block shots can slide Eric Dixon down. Now he may not start at the five, but his ability to, they didn't have anybody that could come in and just log significant minutes at the five. It was literally, it's literally just been Eric Dixon. So the fact that, you know, he can come in there, bring some athleticism, give you a, a big man on a pick and roll that you just throw a lob to and with his athleticism and his, you know, his size, I think he's an underrated piece in the entire country as far as a transfer and, even if it's 20 minutes a game, I think it's going to be crucial, especially defensively for these guys, but uh, also to you know kind of move Dixon over to a, a four spot where he can shoot the three as well. Yeah. Burton, can, Burton, Burton, Burton can play the three too. So the, it's, <laughs> I, the versatility is crazy. I, I thought you'd have a take on where <laughs> this guy is so intriguing, man. Like uh, I, I can't wait to see the, this Nova team in action. All right, moving on now. Uh, let's move on to Xavier here. Davion McKnight and Quincy Oliveri. Start with McKnight, who's transferring in from Western Kentucky. The six foot, one hundred ninety five pound guard, averaged sixteen and a half points, four dimes, and one point eight steals per. Loving the defense coming into this conference, and then Oliveri coming in from those Rice Owls. The six three, two hundred pound guard, eighteen point seven points, six boards. A steal per game and 36% from three to high-level playmakers uh, in those mid-major ranks, Mike, over the past couple of seasons. Now, basically, coming in, filling in the shoes of one of the best backcourts in the conference a year ago, yeah. uh, some, some pretty big shoes to fill. Yeah, this is uh, this is the Xavier team that we're going to dive a little bit deeper into, but man. With the transfers here in the backcourt, I, I feel a little more comfortable. But, uh, you know, you lose Colby Jones, Sule Boom, uh, Adam Kunkel. Uh, I don't know if we want to talk about the mess with Fremantle and Hunter yet. But, you know, for for these guys to be successful, McKnight and Oliveri, they have to have a smooth transition from, from the mid-major ranks. So, you know, with McKnight, uh, watched him the last couple of years. He's just a big, strong point guard. Uh, he can really contribute on both ends. He's going to be able to hold up defensively here in this Big East. Oliveri, like, Jay, we watched him, man. Uh, Rice almost beat Texas, and he was a big reason. He had a big game against Texas, uh, and he's just a great outside shooter. Um, he is not afraid of competition. So I feel like these two guys are going to transition really well. Uh, I'm, not really as, I'm not really as worried. Uh, I, I got some other worries about the Xavier squad, but I uh, think we'll save that for a little bit later in the show. The lights are definitely not too bright for, for these guys. And we saw Oliveri Rice, that game went to over. Texas had to go into overtime to win that game. And and Oliveri was a big reason why. So yeah, I don't it, big shoes to fill, but again, these are these are two talented players for sure. All right, moving on to O Butler, Posh Alexander, and DJ Davis. Oh, Posh Alexander. Love talking about him. And we talked about St. John's last season. They got up and down so much. And he was all, he had his hands all over that St. John's team. Um, and then DJ Davis, no slouchy either, either coming in from UC Irvine. Alexander with 10 points, four boards, four dimes, two steals, just, like, just numbers, numbers, numbers across the board. And Davis averaged 15 points uh, and had 40% from deep as well. Year two for Coach Mata, and he decided to hit the absolute full. Rurisi walked up to the Nintendo. 
He got tired of what was going on. He didn't hit the power button. He just hit the reset button. He blew in the game a little bit. I don't know what that hand motion was, Eric, but I think it was blowing in the game. He put it back, hit the reset, and brought in these two extremely unique guards via the portal, Eric. Um, yeah, these are. It, it's always fun to see, again, in, in another entire backcourt transforming. Yeah, like like you mentioned, right? Like this this is a Butler team that went six and fourteen in conference play last year. So came in, they blew on the cartridge and they hit the reset button. And you know now because of it, they they've got they've got a really solid guard combo coming in, right? Like you mentioned, Posh, a, a player that we absolutely love covering. You know, a, a guy that just you know kind of kind of felt like he kept you know running into a brick wall with with Coach Anderson in, in his time at St. John's. Now he comes in, he's, you know, he immediately can step into a leadership role on the team. He's, you know, he's one of the best defensive guards in the entire country. He's a rock solid distributor, right? He's he's not going to beat you with his outside shot, you know, but, you know, he's he's probably going to come in more as a projecting start, projected starting two guard. Um, you know, DJ Davis on, on the other side, you know, he, he's going to open up his offense and shooting. This is a team that was... 251st in the country in three-point shooting. You know, don't, don't forget that along with with Davis, we've also got Jamel Telford coming in. You know, he's a wing from Northwestern, very versatile guy, right? Like, it just it feels like all of the the excuse me, Northeastern the the is is where Telford in. It just feels like all the areas where they had the biggest question marks. They've they've done a really good job of addressing those specifically through the portal, and that has a lot to do specifically with Posh Alexander and DJ Davis. Definitely an impressive duo coming on in for Butler. We got another comment. What do we got? Kaylin's Comments are coming in today. Kalen's back. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> Why, Why did they he leave you comment? million-dollar question. <laughs> yeah. Man, I don't know. It's a, it's a fair question. You know, we could have gotten that burden this year, but – Maybe the writing was on the wall. Maybe he kind of yeah. got nudged out a little bit. Mike, right. what, what, what was your take on that? Yeah, it's uh, it's interesting. Um, I know that we're going to talk about, uh, you know, this freshman class, too, with UConn is really strong. Uh, yeah, the writing's probably on the wall, and you don't know. Like, NIL could be a factor. Like, Patino's a factor, right? Like, yeah. I get that you just won a let's national not, title. but Let's not sell that short. Yeah, exactly. So, a lot of factors here. I think he's going to get a solid role, uh, you know, which is he only played 12, 13 minutes last year. So getting 25 minutes is <laughs> basically doubling your role on a team that I have projected 25th in the country to start the season. So it's not like it's the worst, you know, or the weirdest move in the world. Um, but yeah, it's, you would think that he would slot in, but I don't think he would have cracked the projected starting lineup for UConn either. They're, uh, they're recruiting very strong and they got some guys coming in like Cam Spencer that uh, hard to keep off the floor. It's a chance that you got to be willing to take on yourself, right, Mike? Even if, like you said earlier, even if he's not, even if he's the the first guy off the bench, he's still going to be playing 25, 28 minutes and getting his run. So we'll see. It's it's uh, it's definitely that that sixty four thousand dollar question, or probably more money than that, if we're talking nil <laughs> for show. All right, let's move on to that quartet of players from a around the league, the quad box. Once again, uh, Mike, how about I come to you first with a couple of these guards here. Stephen Ashworth transferring from Utah State to Creighton after averaging 16.2 points, 3.3 rebounds, 4.5 dimes, 
1.2 steals and 43% from deep for Utah State last season. And Cam Spencer, the guard from Rutgers, transferring into UConn. 13.2 points, three assists, two steals on 43%. So a couple of three and D guys here coming in, looking to be the final piece that puts their respective teams over the top in March, Mike. Yeah. Uh, someone order shooting because uh, <laughs> these guys <laughs> can shoot. Ah, um, uh, man, I – I really want to go off on this Ashworth take here. <laughs> Look, I know losing Nimpart, I think we got him ranked number two on our transfer big board. He's one of the top point guards in the country. I think he's going to do great at Gonzaga. But I think Ashworth fits better with the big three at Creighton. Um, I mean, a kid can shoot the rock. I just think about when he comes off pick and roll with, uh, you know, maybe a, a, a Baylor Shireman, the pick and pop game or a pick and roll with Kalkbrenner. Like he's gonna have so many shooting. If you him and Kalkbrenner at the top of the you know the key, uh, and then you have Shireman and Alexander in the corner, and then probably you're gonna have Mike Miller's son in the other corner. Like, there, how many corners are there? There's just gonna be open shooters all over the place. So I really do think Ashworth is a better fit for this team, and actually gives them a higher ceiling. Like, I don't know, man. Like it, it's scary to say that because we know how good Ryan Nimhart is, but absolutely dangerous. And then uh, Cam Spencer, like, match made in heaven. Late portal entry, you lose Hawkins, you kind of slot Spencer right in there. I mean, he's not the same player as Hawkins. Hawkins has freakish athleticism. We saw that. He was a lottery pick. Uh, you know, even though he he does average a couple of swipes, you know, he's, he's underrated defensively. I think he's a great, like, one of those need fits for Coach Hurley. So, yeah, both of these guys, like, on, the na on like, the, the national top ten scale here, like, I feel like these are the two – two of the top 10 biggest like transfers to watch uh, this year as far as fit and what they can do to unlock their team's potentials this year for sure. Yeah, no doubt about it. See, we got a comment, but I wanted to clear off this uh, the this uh, quad box first. We're going to get to you, Thomas, in a second. But, uh, Eric, I wanted to come to you first. Let's uh, talk Josh Oduro and Jaden Evans. Of course, Oduro coming in from George Mason – the 6'9", 240-pound forward averaged 15.6 points and just under eight boards for George Mason uh, heading to Providence now. And Jaden Epps coming in from the Fighting Illini to Georgetown, the 6'2", 190-pound guard, averaged nine and a half points. So, Eric, two, two players now on the opposite ends of the spectrum as far as expectations, but nonetheless, these guys are going to impact the conference. Yeah, their expectations a little bit different. I think it has a lot to do with the the roles that they'll they'll play on their respective teams, right? I'll I'll start off with with Adoro. You know, he's he's really going to be he's he's going to be the key to unlocking the the upside for this Providence team. He's he's a fifth year guy. You know, he's he's been one of the top forwards in the A10 over the last couple of years. We talked about Carter and Hopkins earlier in our in our key returning stars, but Adoro comes in. You know, if, if he can contribute for them on the defensive side, being clean up the glass for him. You know, if if he can be a double digit kind of guy in addition to his his defensive contribution, you know, that's that's the formula for this Friar team to potentially punch their ticket to the, the dance again. So we're keeping a close eye on him. And then with with Epps, you know, it's it's really opportunity for for this Georgetown program that's, you know, entering a, a, a rebuilding phase, right? Ed Cooley's come in, you know, this is the first year of what will be 
probably several year rebuild for 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 Georgetown overall. But you know, Epps, you know, they so the guy that's dropped forty six before, right? Like, you know, the 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 upside is is so is so present with this player that if if he can just get some more time on the court, like he's absolutely a breakout candidate. He's a real nice building block for this rebuild that might take a little while to get going. And now in this program, like he's he's got he's got all the opportunity that that he could he could really ask for, right? So, you know, I, I mentioned that forty six point game that was in a um, uh, in a in a secret scrimmage. Right? So, you know, Georgetown has got a long road ahead of them. Is is really the point? But ultimately, Epps is is the is a foundational piece in in what will be a a real rebuilt program for them. All right, let's uh, why don't we jump in the comments here? Uh, Thomas yeah. had, a, had a question. What do you think about Marquette not hitting the portal? Uh, well, I look at it this way, right? Like, Shaka Smart, I mean, we, we're obviously Texas fans, so uh, he's really unique at recruiting high school talent. And I think what he's done with this program in a short amount of time, look, you really only lost OMP. There was a chance that you were going to get all five starters back. So I think, you know, Obviously, he wants to kind of build and develop his own team. I think there's some interesting sophomores on this team. Like David Joplin's going to slot in and and play that four man where OMP was. He's going to give you better shooting, maybe not the defense that you were going to get. Uh, you know, he's bringing in four freshmen, but this sophomore class we really didn't get to see a lot of. Like Ben Gold, he's an interesting big man, six eleven, only played eight minutes a game. I think he's got some talent. Uh, Chase Ross. Uh, it can be a uh, it can be a pest on both ends of the floor. He's got great size. I mean, average five points per game in sixteen minutes. So, you know, I, Shaka kind of does his thing, right? Like we we, uh, we watched him many a times. Uh, you know, build his roster through recruiting. Uh, obviously, the transfer portal wasn't as prevalent as it is uh, the last couple of years. But yeah, I'm okay with uh, with just building your team. If you can hold and you can retain your players, and that's what a lot of mid major teams struggle with, right? It's like holding on to your players. So you get to one of these prime conferences, and you're able to, to uh, build your team and keep the guys on the roster. And Jay, you can speak to this, right? Like, like guys love to play for Shaka Smart. Like you can never yeah. take that away from him. Like you can take away the, you know, I don't know how many years it's been since he's gotten out of the, you know, the second round, but you know, it's one of those things where guys love to play for him. There's a short list of coaches in the country that you could be like, I'm not surprised he didn't have to hit the portal, you know, and Shaka is one of them. Like I ride Shaka because of the one shining moment here where he's got the hands over the head, the losing to the 15 seed. And like, it just didn't work for him in Texas. But one thing that you never ever heard was that he was not uh, loved by his players. And like you said, they want to play for that guy. And they're playing for him in Marquette. It's obvious, right? Like the the regular season title, the the conference tournament win. Like it's big stuff. It's not by accident. I'll just say that. You know, Shaka's a great coach. So, all right, there's the the quad box there of some impact players transferring in. Thomas, thanks for dropping yeah, a man. line in that Absolutely. live chat. We appreciate it, yeah. Caitlin and Thomas yeah. hitting it big tonight. We appreciate that. The rest of you, make sure you drop us a line, whether it's live or in the, the comment section afterwards. Let us know what you think. If we missed anything, um, you know, we'll take it. We'd love to hear from you. Let us know. Um, get in that comment section and like and subscribe. All right. If you've been with us like Kaylin has for a while through our 
conference previews, you know, you're not getting away <laughs> from a show without our world famous tears. No, Haven't we run out of tears? Haven't not we the come up no, with we every... have, we have not. We're out east. We got the Big East theme. We got a good one tonight, a good theme going tonight. And it's not the tears that uh, that DePaul fans are going to be crying at the end of the season. No, no. The tears as in levels of the conference as we always do. So the tears tonight, we figured we would go East Coast restaurants. Okay, that top tier, right? Famous. We'll oh, think man. famous. Let's go NYC Steakhouse. We'll go Peter Luger. All right, Peter Luger on that top tier here. Geno's in Philly, get the cheese steak right that mid-tier, does the job just enough, you know, get it in your belly, that solid, solid uh, Geno's there. We might be argument there about Geno's. Who, who's better? Leave us a comment. Let us know if Geno's <laughs> is the right call, Ooh, if we use the right one there. Pop off. Geno's, we'll see. We'll see. I hope they do. But uh, then that lowest tier here in the, the Big East, we'll call it the hot dog cart. You know, maybe it's Billy's hot dog cart somewhere in New York City. Who knows? But that'll be our low tier tonight for this conference. All right. Like we talked about earlier, some heavy hitters at the top right there. Providence in the middle. Um, and then, you know, down at the bottom there, DePaul, Georgetown, and Seton Hall already aligned in their respective tiers. However, there's a few teams that we have not ranked. Let's get Georgetown. Wait, hold on. We got, we got DePaul I'm looking up there for. Okay, yeah, we're right. Okay, here we go. Villain of four teams. Villanova, St. John's, Butler, and Xavier. So let's talk about the bottom tiers real quick before we get to those that are not currently ranked. Mike, does anything intrigue you about these four teams <laughs> that make you think that they have a shot to actually – Mm, who should we go with? Yeah, I'll go with Mike first. I'll go with Mike here. Uh, what What about those teams down there that we haven't ranked yet? Ooh, what's got your juices flowing? <laughs> uh, at the hot dog cart and trying to get into Geno's. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I guess I'm going to pick one. I guess it's Georgetown. I mean, Eric just talked about Epps. Uh, the cupboard's pretty bare. Uh, Cooley struggled to land impact transfers like Jay Heath's back. Um, you know, he's a solid player. I think the one thing that's, I guess, intriguing about Georgetown is there's a lot of guys that we haven't really seen with the expanded roles. So, you know, Dontre Styles has been hanging out in North Carolina. He's a wing, <laughs> uh, playing six minutes a game. He's got really good athleticism. We haven't seen him in a feature role. Um, you know, Ishmael Masood, we saw him a little bit uh, at Kansas State, right? He was a uh, you know, play, played 15 minutes a game or so. Started his career at Wake Forest. Uh, you know, shot 41% on an Elite Eight team. So, you know, what happens if he gets, you know, 25 to 28 minutes? Could he be an impact player in the Big East? Maybe. Uh, so, you know, Epps, Styles, Masood. It's like these guys, we don't we don't really know what their upside is uh, until we really see it. And then we know Ed Cooley, Ed Cooley's a great coach. So it wouldn't shock me if, you know, they, they did a little bit better than what we're projecting, but it's going to be a, a tough, tough road, Eric. Like, what's – uh, like, I got to get off this Georgetown team because, I you know, I'm trying to talk nice, but it's just like it's going to take a year or two for them to really uh, get where they want to be. Yeah, well, I mean, look, uh, a few minutes ago, as, as we're talking about a bang-up job they did in the transfer portal and bringing in Epps, like, I'm I'm struggling to find words to even talk about how he fits into this system, right? There's just – 
there's a lot of there's a lot of unknowns, there's a lot of question marks with with this program. Obviously, they did a good job bringing in Epps. You know, they they've got Supreme Cook coming in from Fairfield. You know, he's he's making the jump to some big time ball after you know really running rough shot on the MAAC. But you know, I mean, past these two guys, it's it's really hard to say with a ton of confidence. You know where where they're going to build momentum around, right? And especially in this conference in particular, right? Like there there are some there's some programs we talked about over the course of the last 45 minutes that have some huge returning returning stars on the roster that really got after it in the transfer portal, right? Like like you said, Mike. You know Ed Cooley is a proven asset when it comes to head coaching. There are going to be brighter days ahead. I just I think I think we need to preach patience here for the Georgetown faithful. Yeah, I think we got. I got. We maybe have some Georgetown faithful in the uh, in the comments here. So oh, we can Clark flash in. that up on the screen. Yeah, we know Ed Cooley's going to recruit. Class. Like the yeah, like absolutely. Um, yeah, you got Mole Ready in that class. Uh, Sorber's in that class. Uh, Caleb Williams is in that class. Yeah, I mean it's a it's a top ten class right now. Um, yeah, third overall right now. I think on the composite I saw the other day they were either eighth or ninth. Uh, but it's a it's a really good class. So yes, it's gonna take a couple of years for this thing to happen. And it, it wouldn't surprise me if they had a couple of breakouts that could really, you know, move the needle. Uh, you know, Roan Brumbaugh is somebody that we followed here at Texas, Jay. Uh, you know, he transferred out from Texas, didn't really get to see the court. He's got some upside as a nice size guard. Uh, could he potentially pop? Maybe, right? But I, I think it's going to take a couple of years. And and a Georgetown faithful should definitely give that to Cooley, right? Like, get these, you know, get these highly rated uh, recruits in, you know, get, you know, maybe get Epps to pop, maybe get, you know, Rowan to pop, and and then all of a sudden you got something cooking for the Big East. But uh, for this year, yeah, unless they get like, you know, three or four of these guys to really break out, it's, uh, so, yeah. Shout out to Clark dropping in that live chat and dropping us a line. Be sure to drop us a like and subscribe as well, Clark, if you could. Do your part in the Green Screens Media Universe. We would appreciate it. Thanks for hopping in there, Clark. Good to see you in that chat. All right, quick thoughts on DePaul, Mike, uh, and then we'll go to you, Eric, on Seton Hall. So, Mike, how about you first with DePaul? Oh, say something nice about ball. <laughs> Here we go. I like Coach Stubblefield, man. Like, this, it's just tough, right? Like, you got all these, these you know, super teams right now uh, up at the top. Uh, you know, you lost your two big guns. Emoji Gibson's gone. Javon Johnson's gone. You know, he did a lot of work in the portal, but it's hard to really say impact guys. Like, kind of the same boat here. Like, Elijah Fisher, Chico Carter come in. Like, they have some upside, but we don't really know until we see it uh, – you know, them in a lead role and them getting 30 minutes a game. Deshaun Nelson, like that's one of Eric's boys. He's back. Um, so I'm sure I'm sure Eric will be happy to fire him up in DFS this year. <laughs> he averaged double figures and uh man, I don't know. I I can't <laughs> I can't see them moving moving off from the hot dog cart this year, Eric. Like see all, man, give us give us some light here before we move on. Um I think Seton Hall's <laughs> cursive lettering on that kit is fire. I think that's a solid kit. It sure is. I mean, it's nice. But, uh, look, uh, apart from that, like we're we're grasping at straws, right? Uh, what I will say, they they retained a really solid starting backcourt of Kadari Richmond and Alamir Dawes, right? Like these guys, these guys put up some some real solid minutes for for Seton Hall, some some good production last year. 
you know, it's it's really the front court that has some some major question marks. This is a team last year that ranked 20th in defensive efficiency. Wouldn't be surprised at all if we see that fall off a good bit. You've got Nadifo, you've got Samuel. You know, these weren't guys that contributed for them much on the offensive side, but they were game changers on the defensive side of the ball. And, you know, now they're out the door. These these are guys that are going to be missed, right? Like, you you just don't have – I just don't think they have enough on both ends of the ball, night in and night out, to, you know, to really make some noise in, in this league. Yeah, it looks like Thomas is back in the comments too. Uh, yeah, uh, Thomas, we actually just talked about uh, Nova's transfer class a little bit earlier in the show, so definitely picked up some impact players. We spotlighted uh, we spotlighted Burton and Bamba. I went on a two minute rant on uh, on Lance Ware and his potential impact of being a yes. <laughs> that Jay provoked. So uh, Hakeem Hart is a solid player. Yeah, Jay loves to do that to me on the spot. Just, just, just knows when to tee it up for me. I knew I knew when to push the button today. <laughs> yeah check that out early in the show yeah thanks thomas for hopping in again we appreciate that all right that's enough let's get out of this hot dog cart if we can and 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 move on to these four teams there at the bottom that we didn't i said four earlier there was three i was told there would be no math but now we know there are four teams that we need <laughs> to get into these rankings so um where do they rank we have four teams we talked about the rosters in the impact segments I'm going to go to both of you, and I will break any ties if there's some disagreements here. So oh, there's going to be go, disagreements. <laughs> I, I hope so. I hope so. It would be boring if it wasn't. Let's go to – let's do Villanova first. Eric, where, do you, where are you slotting Villanova and the tiers? Oh, man. This this one is is tough, right? <laughs> like, um, like, like Thomas mentioned, like we detailed earlier, like ton of talent coming in. Um, you know, this, this roster is deep, it's experienced, but, you know, I I think it's fair to say at this point, like what we can expect from coach Neptune is, is an open question, right? He's, he's got the pedigree. He just, you know, he hasn't, he hasn't proven it yet in his time with, with the clipboard, you know, I'll, I'll put them in the Geno's tier, you know, for, for where we stand now, a lot of it just has to do with like, we talk about these, you know, these, these expansive transfer classes, like, that's a lot of moving pieces to put yeah. together, right? Like even, even if you brought in the right guys, figuring out the way to use them, like yeah. that's a huge task, right? So there's there's clearly a ton of upside and talent on this roster, but I'm not sure we see them, you know, really put it all together as soon as this year. Man, Ooh, Mike, man. I, <laughs> I think you're sleeping on these guys. Like the AP poll, I put out a tweet or whatever you call these things these days. Uh, that the biggest riser, the po- yeah, the post, <laughs> the biggest riser in the first month of the season in the AP poll is going to be Villanova. No. So, look, Justin Moore, man, um, awesome player. Eric Dixon, awesome player. These two guys were on the Final Four team, like TJ Bomba, Tyler Burton, Hakeem Hart, Lance Ware. We didn't even like we barely mentioned Mark Armstrong, who was a five-star player, came in with Cam Whitmore. It didn't really click. Uh, he's another year in. Like, he could absolutely explode. So, I got to go with uh, Peter Luger uh, for the Cats. So, Jay, it's uh, it's up to you, man. Like, you know, I feel like Eric's sleeping on cards. these guys. Nah, this is <laughs> – Who breaks the tree? Nah, Nova, Nova is fine dining this season, Ooh. baby. Put him up in that Peter Luger – tier um i get it if you want to ask the you want to ask the neptune question i i get it but there's just too much talent um this 
that, that they've shown, what we see in that roster this preseason, not to put them up at the top. Peter Luger it is. Nova in the top tier. Um, all right, how about mm, – let's do, let's do Butler. Mike, I'll start with you on this one. Oh, man, Butler with that uh, – what did you say, Eric? The uh, Nintendo game full reset? Yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> absolutely. So full reset for Coach Mata. We talked about Posh and DJ Davis, like a little intriguing with Telford coming in from Northeastern. Um, how his transition goes is going to be a critical part for this team. But outside of that, man, like I'm not in love. I'm not in love. I'm, I'm worried about the bench, the depth, a full reset. Um, <laughs> like This is like an entirely different roster. Uh, so for me, you know, a little hot dog cart, Eric. I mean, come on. You got to be with me on this. Yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm with you, right? Like, look, the they they brought in some nice pieces. We talked about Posh earlier. We talked about DJ Davis, but you know, I, I don't think that's enough to you know really carry this entire team to any sort of meaningful production in 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 regards to their win loss records, right? They 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 did bring in Pierre Brooks from Michigan State. Like, you know, maybe he you know maybe he breaks out. Maybe one of these freshmen or sophomores kind of pop off, but. You know, with that, the the ceiling just feels really limited, and and this isn't the conference where you can be in the middle of a rebuild and kind of sneak your way into the conversation, <laughs> right? Like this conference is way too loaded. So I'm I'm with you. I, I think these bulldogs are eating out the hot dog cart. Man, I didn't know we'd agree one time. But there it is. <laughs> well, you know, and and this is no disrespect to Pierre Brooks, but if <laughs> if you're, I mean, seriously, like if if Butler's if their chances yeah. of, of, of stepping it up in this in this league are, are on Brooks's shoulders, I don't know, man. Like, I hope he goes Brandon Pajimski on your take. <laughs> yeah, I hope so too. Like, I don't like to be right about those things. You yeah, know, I just, I just don't feel like you know if Brooks is what is what we're using as the you know the the marker there. I don't know, man. Like, yeah, I think Hot Dog Cart's probably the right play for them. All right, moving on to Xavier here. Eric, go ahead. Oh mm. man. Uh, this, <laughs> this is the team up. right here with all kinds of question marks. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, look, we we spotlighted uh, McKnight and, and Oliveri earlier, right? Like two rock solid transfers coming in. Uh, we kind of hinted at uh, a potential blow with Fremantle and, and Hunter. You know, having as I think long they're as done, man. I think they're season. done for the year. <laughs> yeah, like, yeah, like like that. That that is just an, an absolute gut punch. <laughs> That's right? your whole starting now, five. Yeah, the, the the front court is gonna be some combination of a mid-major transfer, a freshman from overseas, all these guys who have difficult names to pronounce, right? Like, you know, ultimately, I I think I really don't want to slot these guys here, but look, <laughs> there's are you there, going a, to do this? There's there's a there's a lot of question marks around this team. Like there, there might be, there might not be a more crucial player than than Jitis Namiska. <laughs> oh, there we go. We got a Gitis um, Namiska um, reference I'm on the show. Nice. Over these names here, but you know, well, ultimately, with with Fremantle and with Hunter now out for the season, that's that's just kind of a it's kind of a death nail for for this this team's outlook. So. For me, I'd, I'd have I'd have them down in, in the hot dog cart. Wow! <laughs> Were the three seed last year now in the hot dogs? Wow! <laughs> this, is, this is not last year's team. Yeah, <laughs> I, get that. I mean, Mike, come yeah. on! 
Talk, talk me off of this. Coach Miller, man. Come on, Jay. You're a Coach Miller fan. He's fantastic. He's going to figure out the holes. He's going to be able to pronounce the names of his players correctly. Like, <laughs> <laughs> that we're going to struggle with. And we didn't talk about Desmond Claude, who apparently has looked really good this preseason and looked really good in flashes last year. He's a guard, great size, can really play. He needs to break out. Uh, yeah, some foreign guys that, I mean, I don't know. Like, what's Namiksa going to be? Like, he's not he's not a young player, so that's nice, right? Like, it's not like you're just putting an 18-year-old <laughs> freshman out there. Yeah. Uh, he's got some experience in pro ball. Uh, I, we like the backcourt uh, that's coming in. We feel like they can kind of handle the rigors. So, I, I don't know. I, I trust Coach Miller. Like, I got to put them I, – I just don't see them. They're more upside than DePaul, Georgetown, Butler, and Seton Hall to me, Jay. Like, well, so I'm that's the Gino, so that's where I'm at, Jay. Break well, this thing. No, that's that's the argument that I wanted to make was when you look at the ceiling of what's still there, uh, I I think that you have to definitely consider Xavier. Put him in the Genos, man. I'm not. I can't put them down in the hot dog cart because not only I don't know if they'll make the tournament, but yeah. I it's it. You know, and I'm going to bring this up again. It's not like it's North Carolina that made it to the title game and that missed out. This is with a talented roster. This is a legit, like, these are two big injuries. And, like, I don't know. But I I just feel like you're right, man. Like, Coach Miller Miller is a great, great coach. The transfers coming in, um, yeah, they're mid-major guys. But they're successful. These are ball players, man. Now, how they defend early. It's probably going to be the key. If they stay around, you know, like that 64th ranking that they had last year, they have a chance here. So I, I can't put them in the hot dog card. I cannot do it. So Geno's, it is. And that mid There we go. Tier. 2-0. 2-0. Mid, looking, looking yeah. Maybe it's You know, and I, <laughs> if you watch this show, you know <laughs> that I don't – agreeing with Mike twice like this in one show – I got, not my favorite thing to do here, but we're, you know, we're, this is where we are. In, How you feeling? Where, where are we at in society these days? All right, Absolutely. moving on. Last one. Ooh, and I, St. I think John's. We, we got a comment, too. Year. Yeah, we say the best for last Mid. year. What do we got here? Ooh, the Gil Comento here. What do we got in there? How do you think? Jordan? How do you think Jordan Dingle's game will translate this season playing in a better conference? Man, this is something that we talk about all the time with these transfers and how those games will relate. Mike, what's your take on Dingle and, and how his game will translate? Yeah, well, firstly, I appreciate the uh, the comment, Mitt. And, uh, yeah, uh, if you don't mind, go back uh, early in the show. We uh, we kind of talked about uh, Dingle uh, in our spotlight with four transfers coming in. We you know, we know there's ten coming in, so – we kind of pick the four that we think are going to be most important. I don't. Dingle's not going to be asked to score twenty three points per game like that. He doesn't need to either on this team. You have Joel Soriano who's going to do his thing. He's going to you know, put up seventeen or eighteen and ten. Uh, you know, Danish Jenkins is going to you know going to get his. Uh, Glenn Taylor's a, a nice uh, you know forward that's you know can do some scoring. He scored what eleven points per game in the Pac twelve. So Jordan Dingle doesn't need to come in here. He doesn't need to score twenty points per game. What Jordan Dingle needs to do is in late clock situations. Um, in situations where you need to get a bucket, um, you know, he needs to be uh, more efficient, right, with his with his opportunities. Uh, and I think if he can score 13 to 15 points per game, um, I think this gives St. John's a, a pretty solid floor. So I know we're going to talk about them here uh, as our last team that we, uh, we need to tier. I wrote them up as my number 25 team in the country. Uh, that's still fifth in this conference, though. So... 
there's question marks about the mid-majors. Like, we just – we don't know. Sometimes we see, oh, this guy scored 22 points per game, and the next thing you know, he's in a power conference and, uh, you know, he's averaging six points per game or he doesn't even get off the bench. So it's it's kind of one of those things. Um, I kind of like it. It's like Trey Bonham, right? Like, Trey Bonham at uh, – Mercia, he was at uh, VMI. Uh, he was – looked amazing. Transfers to Florida – can't really get off the bench at Florida. Now he's transferring. I believe he's going to Chattanooga. Um, and he's probably going to be another 15 to 18 point per game scorer in that type of league. So we don't know. And there's a lot of these guys. There's, you know, there's Ledlam. Uh, there's another VMI transfer, Sean Conway, coming to this team. He's a really good outside shooter. Uh, but how is he going to, you know, is he going to be able to get his shot? Like Dan Sheikens probably going to have to set him up. I'm going off on a rampage right now on St. John's because this is the team that, Probably is the one with the biggest question marks, but the highest ceiling, uh, I would say. Right, guys? So for me, because of that, I'm going to have to put them in the Genos uh, category. I just look at those four teams at the top, right? And they don't really have to answer as many uh, question marks, and they have proven talent in this league. So, Eric, where are you at, my man? Dude, how Are, are you really, are you really <laughs> doubting the godfather here, Rick Pitino, like – you're going to put them inside your own top 25 and not have them challenging for the top of this conference. Right. Like I, 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 I understand your questions about the the mid major guys, but like it's, it's Patino, right? Like kind of on the other side of my Villanova Villanova argument, you got a, you got an uber talented roster, a ton of guys coming in, but Patino has, has put, has brought these guys together before. Right. So for, for me, like nothing but the best, you know, respect, respect to Patino himself. I'm gonna I'm gonna put St. Johnny's uh, all the way up at, at Peter Luger's. Oof. Yeah, you Jared. could, you, <laughs> you could, but here's the deal: as the as the tiebreaker extraordinaire, give me a sweet sitting, sitting in it. <sighs> it's time. It's time for you to agree I don't, with me. I get it. I don't. Uh, just give me a sweep. All right. Yeah. I I can't. It's too many players that have not put that jersey on before to be in the top of this conference. I I it's the Genos for me. I'm sorry. I can't. Right. It's a like, it's a clean sweep for 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 Mike today. Unfortunately for me and the rest of the world. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> um, but this is just a tough tough conference. Um, let's just see. Until that we see what they look like on the floor together and how they mesh. Right. Like um, look at look at Creighton. They got tough. three guys that yeah. are almost in the final. Then Marquette has basically their entire starting lineup back. Like UConn yeah. has like come on, Villanova's got guys that are back from the final fourteen two years ago. That's we that's all I'm saying. These returners. Yeah, like it's it it's so hard to do this. And it's the age that we live in, right? With the transfer portal, but either way. Let's lock it in there. The final tiers, East Coast style, of course. Peter Luger tier. Up at the top, we've got Trayton, uh, Marquette, Villanova, and UConn. Again, in no particular order here. Um, Creighton, Marquette, Nova, and UConn. Gino's the old mid-tier. Providence, St. John's, and Xavier. And then Eaton at the hot cart. Nothing wrong with that. It's fine. We've all... Okay, it's just it's the hot dog cart this time around. Butler, DePaul, Georgetown, and Seton Hall. How about it, boys and girls? 
We did That's it. the Big East, just like that. Your favorite conference is next. We made it. My favorite conference, yeah. Uh-huh. My, just like, like my Baylor's your team. <laughs> yeah, you knew that was coming. Yeah, of course. That was the Big East preview. In a couple of days, ah, it's the Big Ten. We're doing it. It's it's happening. I guess yes. whatever. Let's not take the shine off of the Big East uh, preview, though. Eric, coming to you first with your closing thoughts on the Big East. It's the Big Ten teams too many making the tournament. Oh wait, wait, that wasn't the prompt. That's not yet. Yeah, look, no. that's next show. <laughs> the the look the the Big East is is going to be a really exciting brand of basketball yet again, right? Like <laughs> we talked about off the top. Probably not going to be as as competitive top to bottom. I think that has more to do with the teams up top getting better over the course of the offseason, right? So they're, they're going to be some real heavy hitters in this conference. Maybe a couple of teams that come up in surprise. And, I mean, don't look now. Top to bottom, this this might be one of the best coach leagues in the, yeah. entire, oh in, in the entire game, right? Yeah, no so doubt. If, if nothing else, like, the X's and O's are going to be sharp. We're going to see some competitive games. I, I can't wait to, to watch this one tip off. Mike, finish us <laughs> off, please. What you well, got? I, I want to say thank you, Jay, for uh, going 3-0 with me. Um, yeah. I love being a mock over here. About to go Damn drop it. an envelope uh, off at so... his house. <laughs> <laughs> um, but no, I, look, I, it really comes down to seat, or, uh, not Seton Hall. It definitely doesn't come down to Seton Hall. St. John's, like – where do they slot in this conference? Uh, can Shaka repeat uh, that performance again with basically the same team? And then Villanova is my team. Uh, but I would not be surprised if we were staring at a Final Four with UConn in it. <laughs> Donovan Klingon is a monster, so can't wait to see him get a full workload. Of course, I've been talking about staying up late and watching West Coast basketball this season. Um there's no doubt it's coast to coast, man. This is going to be such a fun year of college basketball. So many questions to answer. And the Big East is full of those question marks. Before we close out, looks like Kalen back one more time in those comments. At some point. Do you blame him, though? Do you blame him for loving that backcourt? I don't. For I, sure. See, I blame him for in the front court. <laughs> oh, this this one's gonna make you guys feel so happy. Marquette, the best culture in the country. Shaka out there doing it for the culture. I don't have any. I'm gonna let Jay take that. this one. <laughs> no, listen. Here's the deal: is I I never had anything bad to yeah, say about true. Shaka Smart, the guy. It was the Shaka Smart getting into March and figuring out a way to win games outside of that one run. At, at VCU, like this was, we did not see that in Austin uh, when March rolled around. Even in, <laughs> even 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 in a year where they won the conference tournament and and really achieved that goal, like it's it wasn't there. The culture, I totally believe that Marquette would have one of the top three or four cultures in the entire country. There's no doubt about it. It's a winning culture. Shaka's a great cat to play for and to be around. Um, is he a finisher? You know, yeah. is he a finisher? He's still young in his coaching career. I, I feel like we'll we'll talk about Shaka Smart winning a ring, maybe two at some point. I think he'll get it done. I don't know if 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 they're there yet this year, but 
Um, I yeah, definitely the uh, the camaraderie that they built over there, that atmosphere at, at at Marquette. No, no doubt about it. No trouble believing that. Thank you to our yeah, cats in the comments, Mitt Clark Thomas, and of course Kalen, who is wow. always hanging around. We appreciate that. Big Ten in a couple of days, of course. Uh, do not go far. Make sure you hit that notification bell so you don't miss anything. Like and subscribe. Tell the hoop heads in your life about us. I'm Jay at Dr. William Cannon, the conductor. He's Mike, the captain of this ship at MC Holland 34. At Fantasy Nav in those Twitter streets, of course, is the Baron of Bread of Green Screens Media. That is Eric Romoff. At The Real Napier, Chris doing things for you on TikTok in our Top 20 Countdown. And behind the scenes... Tell somebody that you love them like we love the Big East. Have a nice day. Let's get this bread, baby. Thanks for stopping by the office. Get your fantasy prescription by subscribing to the channel and checking out DrRoto.com. And until the next visit, be well and take care.